Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez. No, that's not how I start the pod, is it? No, I start the pod like this. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, and the Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. We love educating people on what mead is. Mead, just listen for the commercial. On the show today, I didn't write this part, so this is off the top of my head. The Sixers squeaked by in New Orleans in a game where I slept through the fourth quarter and had to watch it the next morning, wondering what happened. Uh, Deadspin wrote a uh, trolley article with, with some interesting questions about Ben Simmons. We will talk about a couple of sayings of the name in, uh, in, in regular media over the last couple of days. A good jigsaw and some great Lorenzo Brown mailbag questions. I remind you, the lottery party is coming. And uh, the only way that you can get tickets before everybody else is by signing up for the newsletter. Go to Sanchez. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to get good at this one day. One go to RightsToRickySanchez.com slash newsletter to sign up. Uh, without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rice of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that will be reevaluated at some point, um, whether it is one week, four weeks, or an indiscriminate amount of time. That is Mike Levin. Hey, Mike. I refuse to evaluate myself now or in the future or in the past. So no reevaluation, not even a first evaluation. Not even. Have not have never examined anything about myself, <laughs> my personality, or things I've said. <laughs> it's it's probably easier that way. You're. I mean, you know, our lives are so short. We spend too much time evaluating how we are. I mean, come on. You don't have that much time. You want to be on your deathbed thinking about all the time you spent wondering if you were any good or not. Not interested. No, nope, me neither. <clears throat> so. The uh, injury updates are as follows today. Uh, Boban Marjanovic has a bone bruise in his knee and a knee sprain and will be reevaluated in five to seven days. I'd like to remind anyone listening, though, that Robert Covington got a bone bruise like two months ago and still hasn't played. So mm -hmm. we, we don't know. We, he will be reevaluated in a week. But still uh, a lot better than it looked. Yeah, it looked terrible, especially his reaction. looked yeah. super terrible. It's such a big knee, too. To oh, a huge like, knee. Enormous I knee. Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I imagine they need an, an MRI machine just for his knee, just for the knee alone. The knee is the size of a normal human. Um, Furkan Korkmaz, not mm. Aldemir, Furkan Korkmaz had surgery on his, uh, on his torn meniscus and will be reevaluated in a month. And our very own Joel Embiid, there has not been a, an update per se, only that he will not play against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I did not expect him to. Yeah. And he will be reevaluated at some point before Saturday night's game against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And so the Amir oh, Johnson is still on the team. Yep. Justin Patton is in Delaware. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Sarah Smith is in Delaware. Not for long. Most of the time. Uh, a, thin, <laughs> a thin team. Shockingly, yeah. once again, despite the fact that they have 18 centers, they are down to their last few. So good luck with Steven Adams and New Orleans Noel. Yeah. The Steven, Steven Adams should get what? 40 rebounds? Uh, all offensive rebounds? So they down to center uh, against the Thunder, they will have the, the ghost of Amir Johnson, and Jonah Bolden, who, if he uses up all six fouls, should be able to play 12 to 14 minutes, I think. <laughs> Shocking that uh, Amir Johnson got it follows by Wilson Chandler on his way out of town. As in, he is also now dead. <laughs> good, good movie reference. I didn't see yeah. it, so I'm just guessing that it was correct. Uh, it's, it's, well... It's not, it's sort of correct, but it, so it follows. Well, here's what's funny about it. So if I remember, I only saw It Follows once and it was, a, it was right when it came out. But here's what's funny about it. I think, and spoiler alert, just skip, skip ahead 30 seconds. In It Follows, like, I think they pass the dead disease along by like uh, having sex with the other person. <laughs> so, That's fine. So, yeah, so, so, you know, one night stand for Wilson Chandler as he got a, a lot of tattoos and that a nice night that, out that one night stand right there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, so they don't have any centers. Boban out for at least a week uh, and bead out. I don't think he's going to play Saturday either, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, I guess they can't really like I think is Marcin Gortat. A, I think he's a free agent, isn't he? I, I think so. Know. I think so. I, can they, do they have a way? They would have to cut somebody, obviously, to to put them on the team. I don't even know. Yeah, I, don't I, even know. I think this yeah. is. I think this is it. I think they're it, right? maybe yeah. they think that Patton. I could see them cutting Patton, maybe, and going for a uh, and going for a Gortat type to keep Amir company on the bench. Man, that's a lot of guys that can only guard one position and <laughs> and be pretty useless. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is the we're in the in the real dregs of the season. Everybody's yeah, it's the injured. worst part of the season. Yeah, N- none of the new guys are particularly good. Aside from no, Tobias. we'll get into that. Yeah, um, just not enough, not enough bodies. Still, all these hurt guys. We thought you know Markel Fultz taking up a roster spot. Now, now he's gone. We're fine. I'm just finding more ways for guys to be out and injured and using up roster spots. But, uh, you know, still 17 games over 500, eked by the Pelicans. Yeah. It's fine. We're good. Oh, yeah, it's just, fine. We'll get- just, this is a simulate a couple games of the season, part of the season, for sure, for me. Yeah, 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 for sure. If we could do it, if we could only do it. Uh, before we get to the Pelicans game, the Willie Green, I let you skip it on the last pod, the Willie mm. Green Apple Podcast five-star review. Please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and a review we're at 2,273. Can't wait to get to 3,000 when I have to do another podcast. I'll regret. This comes from Tiny Tendrils. Uh, subject line, Spike is not making me write this. This is the third best podcast featuring two guys doing advertisements for dog beds and jewelry who accidentally complain about the Sixers. Five stars. Five stars. All right. The New Orleans game. Quick question, just to start this off. And, and we're not going to get too much into the game. I think we, there are some bigger questions to take from the game than, than the game itself. Would you take Jaleel Okafor as backup center for the rest of the season alone 
uh, in exchange for Boban and and uh, and no. uh, Bolden. No. Bolden. No. no. What? No. I'm just asking you. I'm just asking. No, yeah, he's worse than both of those guys. He's worse than both Boban and Bolden. He can do okay. less things. Even in a game when the Sixers had no ability to cover really any big man, Jill Okafor was still a minus seven. Everyone, I mean, he's horrible. He's consistently bad. He does very few things. And I am cursed. Every time we get a fucking Okafor, I have to... I have to watch the NBA TV broadcast because inexplicably that's what it always is. And so I have to hear shitty analysts talk about it, say in like a surprise voice, you know what? I I really liked Jaleel Okafor. Actually, I think he couldn't get a a chance in Philly or Brooklyn, two of the most historically losingest teams in league history. And, but I think he just needed, needed a chance somewhere. Like guys. So, so I'm on, I'm on during the Sixers season. Angelo asked me to be on with him at 7 a.m. every Monday. So we're talking on Monday, and he goes, last question. He goes, why does it seem like Jaleel Okafor is, is better now with the Pelicans than he was with the Sixers? He's and not. I, what was, so wait, so I said, I, said I, I just like, you know how we've both talked about these things so many times like I forgot I was on the radio and he was asking me a question to give him like an actual answer and I go I I did my at the party don't feel like talking about the Sixers answer and I went like I don't know man and he goes, well, that, that's why I, I'm having you on. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, right, right, right. I go, he's actually not any better. I said, I was like, he does have the ability to score points. So if you play him 25 minutes a game, he's probably going to score 12 or 13 points. But he still doesn't rebound. He still doesn't play any defense. And that's what you need out of a center in the NBA. He goes, oh, that's why I had you on. I was like, all right, thanks, thanks. Yeah, he's not any better. Yeah, all right. I mean, he's just, he occasionally he'll get an opportunity yeah. and he'll do his little spin rooney and he'll finger roll. And he'll occasionally step out and hit like a twelve footer, but like that's it. He hasn't gotten any better in any specific thing. He still doesn't really pass the ball. He's kind of a black hole. The reason why he seems like he's better is because you're not rooting for him anymore, so you don't yep. have to painfully endure all of the negatives that come with Jaleel Okafor being your like number one option offensively because that's all he can do since he doesn't do anything else well. Well, I mean, we are we're discovering the you got to watch them every game reality with uh, Jonathan Simmons and James Ennis and Mike Scott. So, so you know, we all we all have those crosses to bear. All right, next thing, next thing. I gotta say, um, Jonathan Simmons's confidence and spasticness is my favorite thing on the Sixers right now, as we are buried in the depths of February in the games that we will forget. His, like, every time he gets the ball, instead of just moving it along, and this will go from funny into actually a, a, a question I had for you, but, like, he's like, I can do something with this. Let's run a little pick and roll. Yeah. Let me go ISO on this dude. He starts pointing around there. What the fuck are you there? doing, man? Just, like, yeah. pointing, gesturing. I mean, he's a guy, like, because he was in the Spurs, we assume that I he was, him. like, at least had something, and it was like, ah, oh, he's on the Magic. He's yeah. bad. But. Yeah. But I love him. I do love him. He's so first or second year process, Jonathan Simmons. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, we would convince ourselves when he would do one thing right. I'm sure that he would be good. Now, now we're jaded, and you have to do more than one thing right all game to be good. So both him, I love him though. I do love Jonathan Simmons. Um, both him and Mike Scott, like 
I don't know. We have so many guys who can do something with the ball at this point. Both guys just like shoot if you're wide open. In Jonathan Simmons' case, don't even do that. But uh, Mike Scott with a, a turnover in in sort of important time because he decided to put the ball on the floor and go to the hole. Like, I don't know. Uh, everybody complained about that with Covington, that he never did that and he couldn't do it. At least he sort of knew he couldn't do it. Uh, I, I would really like for Simmons and Mike Scott to chill out a little bit when they get the ball. Yeah, I hear you. I think the... It's weird, right? Like, I've there's a reason why I like defense first guys more than offense first because I think you should be really careful about who you get to take most of your shots and do most of the penetrating mm-hmm. and ball handling and stuff because most people aren't very good at it or at least as good at it as you have to be to be efficient in the NBA. Like, there's James Hard like seventy percent of James Harden is a really bad player. Like, he has to be as good as he is to be like that level of impacting even like 70% of James Harden is like what Patty Mills like and you don't want him doing that much and if he does too much then it's like well Patty Mills is fucking up our offense and so that's why Covington even though he couldn't do that much you didn't want him doing that much you wanted him just catching and shooting and moving the ball now once you get in the playoffs and it becomes like every possession is you know tight sphincter everything especially against a boston team that that can hang without doubling you need somebody to be able you need everybody to be able to like basically command their position and do what like do what needs to be done and so if that if that means mike scott taking Kyrie or whatever in a mismatch which he did last night against like a frank jackson or an alfred payton a couple times just like down in the post i don't think you finish very often but he has the ability to be physical and and like finish through contact enough. Um, but for the most part, Mike Scott is here because he can hit catch and shoot threes and he was four or five from catch and th- shoot last night. Yeah. And then the other stuff, he kind of just did too much and turned the ball over a lot. Well, the, the only thing I would say about that is that, and I was thinking about this when I was watching it is just because the guy is bigger than the other guy. doesn't mean that like th- now I, I don't mean this in this particular case, but like, not every time when one guy is bigger than another guy is throwing him in the in the throwing him the ball in the post the right answer, and um, there are times when I'm actually happy when the other team does it to us. It's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, you're you're taller than him, but you're not good at at you know, you're not good at being in the post. Like the post is kind of hard. You're mm-hmm. you're 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 turned away from the basket. You're literally looking the other way. It's not like an easy thing to do, um, especially with you know guys cheating and swiping at you and know, all that kind of stuff. So I, um, yeah, I guess now and then it's fine. Um, and I guess he is he's okay at it. But it, it happened at a crucial time, and I did my little temper tantrum while watching it. Like, why are you even putting the ball on the floor? Sure, but and there, I think this um, team right now, and I know we're about to talk about the other guys specifically, but like yeah. this team seems to be offensively, they're in the like we want each, we want everybody to like each other. We're in the like yeah, we're making yeah, yeah. too many extra passes and trying to like work the ball around and feeling like f- fun passy and. I think it's because, and they don't still know where each other's going to be yet. There's a couple like just miscommunication passes that I, I think happens sometimes. It's like just take that shot, like you, you're there, take that shot, or you know, anticipating somebody's going to like s- like slip away from the basket or they're cutting towards it, like that kind of thing. I think it happened with even like Tobias and like Bolden one time. Mike Scott happened a bunch of times. Um, Jonathan Simmons out there playing by himself, but the <laughs> I, th- I think that'll 
I think that'll settle down. I know. I know it's not a fun thing to say. We're like it's still early, and but these guys are NBA but players. It and they should know. But like it, it is, and especially with playing against a team that has played with each other a lot, they are going to, you know, just sort of like methodical you to death if you're if you're not communicating and you don't like have a good feel for where you're going to be. Yeah, it's half a new team, at least, you know, but the rotation is more than half a new team. All right, I want, I want to talk about Jimmy Butler uh, because last night was a night that it seemed like people uh, were particularly frustrated with. Uh, he, uh, he does appear to coast an awful lot to my eye, both on defense and on offense. I do, when everyone is in there, appreciate his... I'm just going to get my shots when they're there sort of thing. But like last night, he was passing up on shots. He was passing up on things that looked like mismatches to me, passing up on space in front of him offensively. And then defensively, like, I don't know, man. Like, I know that Julius Randle is bigger than you and stronger than you. But when he's going to start backing you down at 18 feet, like, you got to fight a little bit. Like you have to put something into it a little bit. And I, I know I'm skewed because I don't like, I don't want him here. I, I, I understand that. But when I'm watching it, I'm like, sometimes I'm seeing a guy, I'm like, oh man, you are, you're just doing what you need to do to get through this here, aren't you? Like, that's what I look like. That's what it looks like to me. Here's a guy who uh, doesn't want to get hurt. Um, a lot of his, the, the actual baskets he makes now come off of, like cuts and and fast breaks and like they're all it's a lot of easy baskets um and i think he's passing up shots like i wonder if he's passing up shots because he's a he doesn't want to miss them doesn't want the numbers to look bad and he's just trying to get through this year like i i just to my eye he is he does not work hard enough when he's out there on offense or on defense i i think you have it right in the sense that like you're looking for it which i do all the time like I don't I don't there's a guy on Duke named RJ Barrett who I really don't like and he had a very good game the other night and I'm just I just sit there and think about all the plays that he could have made didn't make or yeah. the, like the like lack of touch on his shot or whatever it is and so I think I think once you've like have a judgment about a player you you see what you want to see I didn't really see him passing up that many shots I know he has in the past in terms especially in like swinging the ball around to catch and shoot threes um but I saw him like you know Missing shots he normally makes, I think just it's just you know sometimes that happens. Obviously, JJ's been pretty cold lately, also. But I don't see, I don't, I don't see like dogging it. And there was, and obviously he made the huge play at the end of the game to like block the shot that that uh, I think it was Etwan Moore that took at the buzzer, um, that came up like two feet short because Jimmy got a hand on it like on the on a pretty intense closeout. So I I think he's working. I I know that he's. There was a quote earlier in the season about when he was still with, with Minnesota about like Tibbs playing them too many minutes. And I think that as he gets later in his career and, and has played for Tibbs for as many years, he's like very conscious of that. So I think he's now that he knows he's going to play at least into the second round of the playoffs, he's he's doing some level of conserving and making sure that he's ready for it. And I, I could see how that that'd be frustrating in the same way that it's sometimes frustrating to like for guys to like not run out of ground ball or whatever it is. But like, I think he's, I think he's a good player. I think he makes him helpful. I like that. He's getting a lot of offense off of like back cuts. There was an, a, a really nice, uh, ATO, which I know Brad Stevens, is the only coach in the league that actually, uh, diagrams plays, but Brett Brown must've stolen one from Brad by mistake. 
um, after timeout when Boban had found Jimmy on a back cut, like right from the high post, and that was really pretty. And so I think they're finding ways to use him. Is is he getting as many just like break his man down? Uh, pick and roll opportunities without Embiid more, but still not as much. Well, as I think he, he he's he getting opportunities. Though, I think so too. No, I think he's, I think he's getting them. Yeah. I think he's he's just not hitting those shots, and sometimes he settles for the mid range. When he goes to the basket, I think there were a lot of fouls that went uncalled last night. He only went to the foul line twice, um, and I think he was getting there and and just kind of just didn't get the calls or didn't get the uh, didn't get the basket to to roll in, but. I don't know. I think I think it's you. You certainly made your decision on him, and I, I don't like begrudge you for not wanting to pay him all that money. But I'm I'm still in a. I like what he brings to the team. I like him covering guards. He clearly doesn't like banging inside against bigger guys as much. He's he said that earlier in the season about. Uh, I think in, in, in talking about like how good Simmons was, he was talked about how like the fact that he can cover guards and big guy and he can bang with them. He's like I don't want to I don't want to cover the big guys. I want to be out there on the, with the guards. And well, so, but do, do you do you like him covering? Like, is is that you're you're watching him, and and again, I'm I'm trying to to negotiate. Yeah, I hear <laughs> what what I'm watching versus yeah, what's yeah. there. Like when he's when he's covering guards, that 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 is impressive to you because it 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 has been pretty disappointing to me. I think they're figuring it out. I think when it's when it's one on one, I like him covering guards. I think when it's, I think he dies on screens a little too often whether that's like not slipping through them or, or not communicating to the big man that he's not going to drop or the team philosophy is just let them walk into a like dribble into a 15 footer with, with Jimmy, like going around the screen to try to contest it eventually. Um, everything's thrown off without him beat out there. I think he obviously makes their life a lot easier defensively, but, uh, I, I'm still in a wait and see mode. I know the Sixers have always thought, you know, clearly the Sixers going into the season knew that this wasn't their team that they were going to end the season with. And they said that all season long, and now this is this is their team, and so they they've always not haven't really given a shit about the regular season, and they just want to be good enough to give themselves a chance, and they are now. So I'm I'm am I 100 percent happy with Jimmy Butler? No, his percentages since they got Tobias have been great, not in a best player on a championship team way, but in a he can help this team, and if he's fine with this role, then then he's absolutely useful. Um, and I just want to see. I want to wait to see what till the playoffs until like how, how much does he help? Is he willing to play ball? Does he get in the way because he tries to do too many, ISO into nineteen, contest, right. 19 foot contested footers, all that stuff. All right. Before we finish up on this game, Mike, do you remember at the very beginning of the podcast I said that we were going to explain what Mead was and and why people should like it? Like the very very beginning. Do you remember that of this podcast? Yeah, this podcast. I did it right at the very beginning like nope. when I was doing the intro. Must oh, not have been well, paying attention. Well, the Colony Meadery is uh, one of our, our dearest sponsors. Mike, why don't you tell the folks what mead is? It's great. <laughs> it's a beverage. Is it, It's a, dr- a drink. Yep. There's alcohol in it. Yep. It's gluten-free. Yep, it's the 100%. official gluten-free booze of the process. Yep, made from honey. Made from honey. It can it, it, at least at the Colony Meadery, a lot of different flavors, a bunch of good oh, ones. Yeah. I, I yep, myself have had some sanctioned and unsanctioned by the FDA. Yep, <laughs> can't say can't say enough about it. Yeah, so Colony Meadery mead has been around for 
just thousands of years. Come on. Colony Meadery. They were the first ones to get it right. They got it right. Uh, a brand new mead. You mentioned all the flavors. Try pass the mead to the left-hand side. Pineapple, mango, Jamaican jerk spices. It's like, it's a little bit bubbly, like a, a cider comes in cans or bottles. I like the canned kind because I think, uh, I think carbonized, uh, carbonated, uh, carbonized, I think carbonized alcoholic drinks are better in cans than in bottles. So I like the cans, uh, all different flavors. You try uh, grapefruit league, try uh, the, the lemonade one is awesome too. Try tea taxi, Arnold Palmer mead, try mini mead, the one made from uh, raspberry blossom honey. Get it anywhere. Get it at Wegmans, all the Wegmans in, in uh, Eastern PA, Bella Vista, Beer Love, um, and you could just order it online. If, you're, if you don't want to go and talk to people, I'd so, certainly support that. Go to colonymeadery.com. That is colonymeadery.com. And use the code Ricky for $5 off. That's right, $5 off. Try the birch mead. Tastes like, uh, tastes like root beer. Uh, again, colonymeadery.com. If you are gluten-free and you're sick of ordering the same cider everywhere you go, try some mead from Colony Meadery. ColonyMeadery.com, code Ricky for $5 off, must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Um, I have a couple more thoughts, game thoughts, before yeah, we move on. on. Yep. JJ Redick, obviously yep. not shooting well. Missed a bunch of wide open looks. I truly hate when he, when he dribbles into a three in transition. I know, oh. three, I know three points are more than two points, but I, I, I really would take the two points in a transition opportunity we don't need to be taking like running into a three. If it's off the catch, absolutely love it. Great. But when he's, when he himself is doing it, I think it's a really, uh, it's, it's like a momentum changing shot when you get, when you have a fast break pretty much with like either a two on one or something and you get nothing out of it. It's just, it just really breaks your back. So I would like him to stop that. He also, after a couple games where he's playing tough D and getting loose balls and being physical, I mean, how many balls did he just let just go away? Just yeah. like lost. I mean, this game he lost at least like 17 balls minimum. He's only credited for two turnovers, but it seems like he just gave, he just, any like rebound or any like loose ball, it was like he is not coming up with that ball at all. He's, everything is so spastic yeah. and like harsh, yeah. every movement. Yeah, he's, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I like it. He's very relevant to this team. I, I think there's looks that he got last night that, he normally makes? He's not on social media. He's not on social media. He's not on social media, Mike. He's not on social media. I haven't been tweeting at him in, uh, in weeks. Yeah. We haven't had nearly as many DM conversations as we usually do. <laughs> but he, you know, he misses Embiid, and I think that Embiid makes his life easier. And I think he's, he's, he's such a creature of habit that like the spots that he's in, He's so used to getting the ball in those spots, and he might just not be getting them as much, and so it just kind of throws him off. He missed two. I mean, he missed two foul shots. You could you could see in between the foul shots uh, where he he missed the first one, and he was like just totally doing the, like you fucking piece of shit, you suck, you asshole, fuck. Like you could see him doing that, and then he missed another foul shot. It's like yeah, you're not focused. You're just <laughs> shitting on yourself. Um, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be fucking finger gunning after every fucking three party that's boy. It. Like it's the finger it, gun. You, you totally, be. Okay. Um, all right, yeah. Very, it's, it's so interesting how we get, like, it's never for the whole game, because I think it might be just, uh, I think only your boy Westbrook can maintain that level of intensity and, like, attack the rimness all game long. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing, like, we'll get, like, a quarter of, like, seriously, like, fired up, intense Ben Simmons. Simmons, And yeah. it's like he's the, 
the he's like Mario after you get like the star in Mario Kart. Yeah. And you're just driving through things and you can do whatever you want. It seems like that's where he is. And then the rest of the game, he kind of settles in and picks his spots and does all that stuff. But really like very physical and getting there. It's another weird, I mean, he was playing physical basketball, didn't go to the line at all. And so I think there was, I think there was just weird refing in that game. I think Jimmy should have gotten the line a lot more and Simmons obviously should have gotten the line at all. But like taking the three and getting the, and getting the put back is a great sign. Um, the behind the back finish off the steal yeah. was fucking dope. Um, he's reminded very, I mean, me of I, I know a lot of people are too young to remember this but there is a Chris Webber dunk on Charles Barkley where he went around the back as he was behind the back like um, as he was running through the lane during his two steps and dunked on him but that that Simmons move reminded me of that without yeah. the dunk but it reminded me and the me finishing of on the opposite side pretty sweet really impressive I just, I mean, that three looked good. I want, I want him to go in. I want him to keep taking those shots. If he's, if he's able to walk into threes like that, like we yeah. see him take those in practice, in warmups, he can do it. Though that's that's free money. Like take it, it keep taking those shots, it, keep doing it. It's gonna be an emergency pod when it goes in. <laughs> it's gonna be an emergency pod when it goes in. I'm calling. I'm calling it. It's gonna be an emergency pod. What are we gonna say? I don't know. The three went in. There it is. <laughs> just, yeah. just take that. <laughs> Take the audio from that, and then I'm going to go back to bed. The, the, uh, the, the uh, what was I going to say about Simmons? I think what might happen with that aggressiveness is that, like, in the half court, I don't know that there's a ton for him to do with that aggressiveness. I, like, I, I don't know where to focus it. I think it takes teams off. Uh, I think it takes them by surprise when it happens early, and uh, they're they're like not uh, they're not able to adjust, and they they haven't quite settled into the game yet. Um, and I think it just becomes less effective as the game goes on. But I love seeing it, and we've seen it the the last two games without Embiid there. Yeah, um, yeah. The only yeah. other thing I had was Tobias Harris scored twenty nine points, and I don't really remember any of them. That's like him, he, baby. Talk about being in a flow of an offense kind of guy. I love yeah. Him. And I mean, yeah. he was he was eight of eight from on twos. He was two of eight from three and eight of eight on twos, and then seven of eight from the line. Just a good player, just a really good, solid player. And I know people. His defense is like average to like for a starter below average. Um, but there were a number of opportunities where they where the Pelicans were trying to like take it to him, specifically like Julius Randle, I think. And Tobias is strong enough and big enough to like stand him up on a couple things. Julius Randle's physical, big guy that like just gets where he wants to in the paint. And Tobias is big enough and strong enough to not have to bite on those pump fakes and just like kind of stay home on it. And I mean, I I think he's good. I think he's just a good NBA player. And I would love him to see him as like the now that he's this, you know, still offensively like fifth cog if he can stay engaged defensively and just be like, you know, average to above average as just like, yeah, I'm just like, hold my own. I can switch. I can be big, get rebounds, like all this stuff. I think that's really huge. I I have zero concerns about our starting lineup. Just zero, just like absolutely none whatsoever. There not being enough shots to go around. Don't care. Defense, JJ's exposable, but what are you going to do? You have your boy, Jonathan Simmons for defense. Like I just feel really, really good about our five, the bench, Especially without Boban, uh, different. Not good. Different situation. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on. We talked a a lot about the game that we weren't going to talk a lot about, but I think there were bigger things in there too. Um, 
I do love the Boban TJ pick and roll where Boban sets the pick and then just starts walking toward the basket and TJ does the like the little run around him sort of thing yeah. until he can get to his twelve foot jumper. I love it. Boban's in shape, man. Doesn't get enough yeah. credit for being like as in as good enough shape as he is. I think there were people didn't trust him enough to play him this many minutes, but against a against a center that can't stretch the floor, like he absolutely deserves to play like fifteen, twenty minutes. Did I I have to send it to you? Somebody DM'd the Ricky Instagram account with a picture of Boban and Coach on a plane heading back from the West Coast to Philadelphia after the All Star break. And he's just sitting there looking so happy and peaceful. And he's fucking in coach and he's seven like three or whatever. Yeah. I I look miserable on an airplane and I'm five eleven. I I don't he's the best. Boban just seems like a very peaceful Peaceful human. Yeah. Good you know, the, the Sixers Twitter account and everything like has a really good time with Boban's hands. Anytime like a like a young fan like high fives him in the crowd or whatever, they'll, they'll like zoom in yeah. on it. But we don't talk about Boban's ears enough. They're they're so big. Yeah. They're just gigantic. And there's feel... so many shapes to them in within them. It's a Russian doll of ears. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I don't know what it is about Eastern European guys. I really found Dario so charming and fun, but the Sixers just managed to collect guys that have a, just a zest to them and a strangeness of being that I, I can't get enough of. Uh, I feel weird about like the entire love for Boban and the pictures of him and all that are like. I feel kind of bad sometimes because they are because he is so, like, part of it is obviously because he is so nice and funny. Yeah. But part of why he's funny is because he's so, like, giant. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like it's a little bit making fun of him. I hear that. I I hear that concern. I think he he embraces it. He does. is, is, Is fun about it. I think also his name being Boban is great for the, a man of that size. Yeah. Uh, and he's also like incredibly graceful on the court. Like him having the amount of touch that he has for, for a, a person his size. Uh, yeah. I, I hear you about being insulting, but it, it has I'm, come from I'm not trying to be, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like that guy. I'm not like, you know. If he, if he seemed to be boned about it, I wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. He's just one right, of the guys. He just happens to look like six or seven of them sort of mashed together. So before, and this will lead directly into the Deadspin Ben Simmons article today, but uh, two instances of they said the name in uh, in, in we, we need to come up with a they said the name corner. Yeah, they, they said the name corner. Here, here we are at they said the name corner. First was on The Watch with Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald, both friends of the pod. Chris Ryan, who has been on the pod twice, I believe, once the live pod, once in the regular pod. Uh, both have said the name, both of, of Philadelphia. Their pod is called The Watch. It is a, a, a little, it's on a little network called The Ringer and is about TV and movies. And they were talking about the Oscars and... And so Chris was talking about having like two bad choices. And I think they were talking about the host versus no host at the Oscars. And he said, here's my favorite part of it. He said something to the effect of, it was like I was in a room with Jigsaw and I had to cut off my arm or cut off my ear 
to like to move on. Like he gave me both bad choices. He goes, um, he and and then he referenced like the jigsaw on rights to Ricky Sanchez, on the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, and he definitely did that one out of fear because he did not need. It was more just like jigsaw in the movie. Yeah, like. Like he was, he was just clearly mentioning Jigsaw in the movie, yeah. not our "Would You Rather" segment named after Jigsaw in the movie. You didn't. So invent I appreciate Jigsaw. that from Chris. You, you as a Spike podcast person, did not invent Jigsaw from the movie Saw. <laughs> no, I did not. No, I didn't. But I appreciate that we have we have harped on this enough to where people, even if they're referencing things that we referenced. You know, if you talk about the Sixers, you have to mention us too. I, um, I know people in the movie TV, TV business that listen to that podcast. And because when I was on a year or two, whatever ago, uh, they were like, well, I didn't know and all this stuff. Like, what's the percentage of people that even came close to knowing what the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast segment <laughs> right. is on, on Chris's movie podcast? I don't know, but I appreciate him and I love him. Yeah. And then the second one was in today's Deadspin article. So the reference was they were talking about Ben Simmons' TV show, and they mentioned that you were a co-writer, and they said of the Influential Sixers podcast, second time in like a month we've been called Influential Sixers podcast. Mm. The other one was by the now unbanned Kevin O'Connor. Um the Influential Sixers podcast writes to Ricky Sanchez. So I wanted to talk about this article uh, in a, in a, without just calling them trolls or whatever, because I, th- I thought there was an interesting like sort of sidebar to it. Before, before you and, get to that, I, I think I like the, the Influential Sixers podcast more than the only Sixers podcast. Are we changing the name? Maybe. It could be both, depending on the day. Okay. All right. Might a t-shirt? Sure. <laughs> we can't use Sixers. Who are we influencing? Right. I don't know. The players? Other podcasts? Nah, we influence other podcasts and people. I don't know that we regular. could truly be influential until TJ slaps the floor. Well, I, that, that would, I, that's come, I, I take responsibility for that. Fucking, I love TJ, but he fucking lied yeah. to me. Yeah, he's a fucking I know. liar. Yeah. Um, so the, the title of the article is Ben Simmons could upend the NBA's power structure with one decision. And a lot of the article was, um, you know, he likes Los Angeles. He likes Tristan Thompson. He likes Clutch. Clutch hired his sister before they even represented him, blah, 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 blah. Um, but but the, 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 the point of the article was like Ben Simmons really could, they're saying, not sign a max extension, sign a qualifying offer the next year, become an unrestricted free agent, and just leave. And that if he were to do this, uh, someone of his stature, if someone of his stature was to do this, it could sort of send the NBA and, and how this thing works into a tizzy in that he was just not afraid to not take the money. Um, if, if so much hadn't gone on with Clutch with the Anthony Davis thing and, and uh, so on and so forth. Like if it didn't seem like they were intent on doing something like that, I, I wouldn't have raised an eyebrow, but it, it is something to be like, Hey, this guy was the first guy to pave the way. First thing, what do you think the reaction would be if he did not sign the qualifying offer? 
both from the team and from fans, not the qualifying offer, but the extension, both from the team and from fans this summer, which they will surely offer him. What would the fan reaction be? What would the team reaction be? And is there any world in which you, co-writer of his TV show, um, could see this as like a possibility? Well, let me just say that I, all I know is that he loves Philadelphia and he was the one who, like him and his brother, came to LeBron's company saying he wants to do a show about his life mm-hmm. and, and moving from Australia to Philly. So that wasn't like me like coming up with Philly. Like he was, he, it's clearly like important to him and I know that they love the city and care about it and stuff. Um, in the hypothetical of him saying, I want to go somewhere else where I can, you know, take the torch from LeBron or something like that. I think the reaction would be bad. I think it'd be a tough year of him having just like being on the qualifying offer where he'd give up a lot of money for one year just to be there. Um, and I, I wonder what the Sixers would do. I really don't think it's going to happen. I really, really don't. I know the Sixers are going to give him all the money they can give him. Um, obviously, he has a very close relationship with Brett. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not concerned about this. Do you but think they would trade him? Maybe I think I think I think in, in the in these in the in the scenario of any like max level player, you could say Porzingis, you could say any of those kinds of guys deciding even like Zion or whatever, like saying like, I got drafted by this place. I don't want to stay here. I have enough of an endorsement deal elsewhere where if I, you know, tear my ACL or whatever horrible thing happens to my body over the year that I'm just playing off a qualifying offer and deciding to get more money next year, then I have, you know, endorsements and stuff, then I'll be fine. Um, I think in any of those scenarios, then the team that has gotten a clear message, hey, this guy's, decided to be an unrestricted free agent, left all this money on the table. Um, I think you absolutely look into trading anybody, anybody like that. But I think that ha- there's a reason that hasn't happened because it's a lot of money to, pa- to pass up. And especially on a seriously contending team like the Sixers, I, I think it'd just be, it'd be like truly shocking. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it did, I was, it was, it, it didn't feel like it was written in a super trolley way. The, the article itself. It, it um, I don't know. I, I didn't read it the same way I read a normal Deadspin article. I, I read it as a sort of a thought experiment in, you know, what if somebody does this, you know? Yeah. And there there has been a lot of, there's a lot of hand-wringing. It, it's funny, like, there, there are certain things that happen online where everybody just immediately jumps to, like, if you're a certain kind of person, you jump to one side. So the Anthony Davis thing has been like, well, side with the worker, side with the worker. And like, the worker ha- has a choice. Like, the, like in, in his case, he, he is, his contract was signed, was signed by him as, you know, you sign a long contract and what you're doing is you are getting the security in exchange for your, your time. And, and the rules of it are collectively bargained. And when you like blow it up by, doing what what he did that I think is like not right and sort of disingenuous to the whole system. But 
but if someone were to do what Sim, what they're suggesting Simmons could do, that is operating within the system, right? And that is saying, like, these are my options. My option is, like, I don't have to sign that, and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to become a restricted free agent either. Like, or I, I don't have to sign a long-term deal with you. I can, um, For sure. I can just sign the qualifying offer. That's part of the CBA. So I think it would be an interesting, an interesting thought experiment, if nothing else. Yeah, I would have uh, loved to see Chris Epps so. do that and see if somebody uh, like see if the next blink or here's that like yeah. that kind of thing. It's just a lot yeah. of money to, to leave on the table, but, um, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. I, I really don't think it's going to yeah. happen with Simmons, but, um, the art, the article ma- laid a case of like why it's possible or why it would change everything. And I think that's, that's true. And you're seeing guys take less guaranteed money more and more for just having more player control. Um, yep, like two-year deals. Yeah. Or one-plus-ones, even, yeah. that LeBron and KD signed. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think so. Before we get to a jigsaw and a couple of mailbag questions, uh, let's talk about our other sponsor, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. So, Mike, I have to admit I was wrong. For a Is while. A Jared Leto I was, thing? No, I was right about Jared Leto. He is talented. And Andrew Underberger is a fuckface. But... Um, I had been saying for a while, <laughs> he isn't, I like Andrew Underberger, <laughs> he's not a fuckface. Uh, I had been saying for a while that LL had sold 119 rings to race to Ricky Sanchez listeners. At the time, it was 117. And in the last two weeks, he has gotten to 119. He has sold 118 and 119. Uh, I don't want to give away today's by saying who it is, obviously, but he said, wait, where is the... Um, Let's just say it went to a member of our uh, military, an active member of our military, wow. and uh, who just got back and uh, bought that the feels, ring from that feels very, to the podcast. That feels very specific. That feels like you're too much yeah. away. You think? I don't know. How There's many people are in the? the uh, how many people listen to this podcast? Even <laughs> that are thousands. <laughs> how many are of marrying age? But at least 119, uh, <laughs> unless LL is it. selling rings. The fact that yeah. LL is now pandering to the military and making up people yep. that come yep. to him from the military is really upsetting. Now he's creating this whole story of how someone came home. That's really just, what, what a craven, craven, well-dressed man. The original sponsor of the Ricky. Uh, and uh, we also have another surprise coming up, uh, I will say, in regard to a Ricky event with LL Pavorsky Jewelers, a, uh, a surprise that he, he told me about today. LL sets up the surprises. If you're going to buy an engagement ring or any kind of jewelry at all, LL Pavorsky is the one to do it from. He will, uh, if you're just a regular person, he'll lie and make some hero story about you coming home from the military. <laughs> and if you don't exist at all, he'll lie about that and say that you do. That's the best thing about LL. You go in there, there's no pressure. It's not like a jewelry store where there's a salesman jumping on you. There's just LL with some free chocolate and a bottle of water and just the best jewelry in the city from the best guy. Uh, if you're going to buy an engagement ring, make an appointment first, 215-627-2252. So he can, not because you can walk in there without an appointment, obviously, but that way he can have everything ready for you when you come in. Uh, you can tweet at him at LL Pavorsky or go to his website, llpavorsky.com and email him. And for every podcast, LL makes a generous donation to Coded by Kids and the Providence Animal Center, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Real rings for fake people. All right. You ready for a jigsaw? Sure. Play. I will play this game. Game of play. Oh. 
I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right. The last one was listener submitted. This one is me submitted. The last one was really good, though, and, and came with an all-time mic quote about wiping that ass and Trevor Booker or something. Really good one. So here are your two choices. The first one is you never get to pick who, when, or how your haircut is given. A person will be selected randomly one month after every haircut you get, and that person will select who and when will give you the haircut and what the haircut is. So if you get a haircut, in one month a person is selected and that person could say he doesn't get a haircut for three years. Or he could say, my mom's given him a mohawk. That's your first option. Got it. Second option is, for the rest of your life, you can trim your fingernails and toenails only once every 10 months. Mm. <laughs> Tough. I, I feel like I'm in the zone with jigsaws right now, I, actually. I probably got to go the haircut thing. So often my choice of these depends on me being able to play basketball. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could play basketball with 10 months of fingernails or even run with 10 months of toenails uh, mm -hmm. banging up against my sneakers. Um, the haircut would be tough. I, I believe in, I have faith in people and them mm -hmm. allowing me to have normal haircuts most of the time. Um, and I also don't like getting my haircut. It's like a lot of time to sit there and like be around someone that's like touching your head. I just shave my own head now. Yeah. That's what I do. But yeah. so I, yeah. And I also never remember what to say. What, like what number do you want on the side? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I just yeah. make it up every time. Um, so it'd be 14. nice. It, 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 it would really be a load off my back to have someone else just handle the hair department and me not be able to weigh in. It's fine. I appreciate that. There you I go. appreciate that you're going for a convenience. I am. Yeah. All right. The Lorenzo Brown mailbag. You can send us Lorenzo Brown mailbag questions or questions for the Brian Colangelo relationship advice segment to writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. That is writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This one comes from Turner. I just recently started listening to the pod. I'm a huge fan. I really wish I would have discovered it sooner. I have a question. In an alternate universe where the Sixers got LeBron last offseason, would they be first in the East as opposed to him being 10th in the West? What would the ripple effects be? Would they have traded for Jimmy Butler or would they have still gone after Tobias or would they have been able to keep some of their assets in depth? Or do they not worry about overcompensating in these trades because LeBron would make a team a, quote, more attractive destination? Um... Thanks, guys. All right. It is really hard to tell um, what would have happened. So, I so think they don't have Jimmy. They don't have Tobias. They do have Covington and Dario. I think they probably... Are you asking me or telling me? I, I'm oh, you're, going you're over it. Oh. Um, yeah. I think they'd probably be about the same. I think it's, I think it's tough to integrate guys and, and figure out how to put them together. I think a Jimmy-Tobias... Ben Embiid lineup is still works better than a LeBron Ben Embiid lineup. I think just in terms of like who can catch and shoot, who needs the ball where. Um, so I feel good. I feel better about what we have now. Um, but still would have been cool for LeBron to pick the Sixers. 
That would have been yeah, that would have been like, I, you know, double retweet Armageddon. I think there is a non-zero chance the Ben and LeBron thing would not have gone very well sure. on the court. And I think there's a non-zero chance the Embiid and LeBron thing would have gone not well on the court, um, especially considering that they are not represented by the same agency. And um, I think like it's more likely it, it could flare up. Um, and I also, and I know this sounds crazy at this point, but you know, I'm also happy not to be tied like, four years for LeBron at this point, like, I don't know, you, you watch Twitter video and his Instagram video and like, he's got to mail it in a lot more often. He's going to be 35 next year. Ah, I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't get him. I never wanted him. I'm glad they didn't get him. Like, I, I don't think as far as he said, the, the thing about him being here and making it a more attractive destination, I don't think that exists for LeBron. Like, here's a true fact is that no big free agent has ever gone to play with LeBron. Like, never. Never happened. Zero times. And um, and I think that'll happen again this offseason. So, He's having a um, really I think there's good a, season a possibility. still offensively, LeBron. Yeah, offensively. But it's, you know, he's the, the whole team fucking hates him. Um, I don't know. He's I'm, I'm fine not having LeBron. Do you think they, I don't know do you think what they make happened. the playoffs, the, the Lakers currently? It's tough, man. I think he's going to come up with a, uh, a, 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 uh, a listener who was banned from this podcast, Andrew Sharp, before the season was like, I don't know, man. I think midway through the season, LeBron's going to realize he can't make the playoffs. He's going to come up with some injury um, and not play the rest of the year. And I think we're getting close to that, man. I really do. Like the questioning everybody else commitment to basketball the day after space jam two gets announced and then um after you lose to the memphis grizzlies posting how many points and assists you have uh, on your instagram the next day that dude is is as checked out as it comes so i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs actually i don't think they will um and i don't i don't think he's gonna play i think at some point he's gonna shut it down my response to that question is directly related to whether or not they eventually pay me to do rewrites on Space Jam 2, which has not <laughs> happened yet. So I will let you know after the fact. Fair enough. Um, this one comes from uh, Misha. From a new one to a guy who's been around for a while. Hey, guys, big fan of the pod. Been listening since almost day one. Uh one of my favorite segments from the old days was Mike having to listen to old Doug Collins sound bites and offering commentary. And I was wondering if you could bring that up one day. I realized with the newest setup, i.e. Spike moving out of the radio studio, this might be difficult, but it was pretty entertaining. No. Otherwise, keep up. No. Uh, he goes, wait, I love the, the end of his email. Otherwise, keep up the good work. I can't wait to lose to Boston in five again. No. <laughs> um, look, the setup at home is impossible, but I do think our next live pod could bring that back. I will walk off the stage <laughs> if I hear his fucking voice. Um, final question. This comes from Matt. Matt says, last night I was at Xfinity Live, where the lottery party is held, for the Flyers Winter Classic game. While my friends and I were heading down down there, I thought to myself that I really don't like hockey. Why am I going? 
However, about an hour before the game started, I thought to myself, if I cheer for the Flyers against the Penguins, maybe, just maybe, it will bring some good karma to the Sixers next time they play the Celtics. This is just one of my many efforts to change the Sixers' mojo for the uh, Sixers-Celtics rivalry, another one being not drinking soda until they beat them and Harper signs. The Flyers ended up winning an exciting game in overtime, and the Flyers' faithful was having a ball. I couldn't think about how happy we would all be if this was the Sixers beating the Celtics. I guess my question is, do you believe in good karma? If so, what other efforts slash sacrifices can we all make to help our chances? Do you believe in karma, Mike? Uh, I believe in dumb things. Didn't we talk about this last week with like being superstitious and we, stuff? That was superstitious, yeah. This is karma, specifically. Uh, yes, yeah. If I have like a big meeting or something or a, a Sixers playoff game or something, I'll like, if I see like a homeless person, like I'll give them money and be like, there, that should do it. <laughs> I don't know that that's the right <laughs> uh, mindset to have, but uh, I think we're all very bad brained. And especially after this many years of Philadelphia sports, we are, uh, we're all doing whatever it takes. So there's some weird, I didn't, I remember not like cursing for a year to try to like get a girl to notice me in, in like ninth grade. That didn't do it. Um, so yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess whatever it takes is a good one. And fi- actually, finally, one last question from Sean. In a few weeks when the Sixers are locked in at the five seed and the Celtics are locked in at the four seed, do we try to drop to six to play the Pacers? No. No, that is pussy shit, no. man. Absolutely not. No. No. I, I'm actually finally, finally coming to grips with the fact that I maybe the Celtics are just, maybe that's just not fucking real this year. Like I, I want them in the playoffs the Celtics? actually, I think at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I had such a delightful time the other night they were losing to the bulls by 20 and I so proudly clicked on league pass for the Celtics broadcast and just like sort of just <laughs> lathered myself in it and just was just, Oh, Zach Levine is just tearing up your defense. Oh, so unfortunate. That was really nice. That was nice for me. It was nice for all of us. Uh, well, that's all I got. Do you have anything else before we go? Uh, I mean, now or never, Jonah Bolden time. He had an interesting game against the Pelicans. Like, he had some nice plays against AD, and then some, like, oh, he's <laughs> Anthony Davis is a lot better than he is. And then a couple, like, so a really bad time to take a three early in the shot clock that one time, and some really bad turnovers. But he makes some things happen, I think, I think he has a role in this team. I think he should play in the playoffs at, at, at sometimes, but uh, would like him to grow up pretty quick and just yeah. become a smarter player. And stop fucking fouling everybody every two. I don't seconds, even mind the buddy. fouling. I don't even mind the fouling. Just you know, talk about doing too much. Every time he dribbles, I get so nervous. I get so nervous. I don't know. That's um, all I got. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't. Not, not terribly confident. I, I would like him to to maybe not be so confident shooting three. <laughs> He's just like a little too confident. I love him. I appreciate the confidence. I love him. Um, Final thing before we go, I mentioned on a pod a couple months ago about a listener named Ben. Remember the guy who had the heart problems and wasn't even allowed to watch 
the the game so he would listen to the podcast yeah um, because of his heart issues yeah so um, I got an email from Ben and he was going to go to his first Sixers game uh, Sixers Mavericks I think it's April 1st um, as it turns out he's going to have surgery on March 28th in Dallas so he is going to miss the game um, the surgery is a high-risk procedure um, but uh, and could end up with him having to get a heart transplant when all is said and done. But he is excited because um, if it goes well, the doctors should be able to learn how to better treat people with my condition so they don't get as bad as I am now. He said the only downside to all of this is not getting able to see the Sixers play in Dallas on April 1st. Um, so I just wanted to say I'm not a prayer guy, but um, everyone who listens to the pod, you know, uh, just keep Ben in your thoughts. And I told him uh, right after the um, the surgery, we, everyone will be in Minneapolis for uh, Fly the Process. So uh, I told him if he's up to it, we'll FaceTime with him maybe at pregame so everyone can say hi to Ben. But I think I just want to uh, – it's crazy a guy that young, you know, um, that is going through that and has such a, a positive attitude. So yeah. just want to wish good luck to Ben and, um, you know, uh, thank him for, for listening and thank him for being part of it. And uh, sure, he'll be all right. Yeah, I feel for the kid. Good luck, man. I, I really yeah. wish you were a fan of a more normal team. And I'm sorry that it yeah. had to be this one. Just truly, yeah, truly where you sorry. could watch the games. Yeah, where you could yeah. watch the games and not worry. That's probably Sixers Pelicans. They'll probably AD's not even playing that much. He's probably he'll probably they'll probably win by fifteen or twenty. Yeah. No. Tough team. <laughs> tough sport. Tough team. Good luck, Pretty Ben. Tough. We're thinking about you, man. Uh, all right. Uh, we will talk to you on Sunday, the morning after the Warriors game. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know we what are this? the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.